Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. All right, welcome back to episode 85, the Ocho Cinco episode of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. Um, and we are going to take a break this week from the divisional NFL breakdowns um, because we have some room on our schedule because we had a week slot where we thought we were going to have to talk about college football, but that doesn't appear to be the case anymore with, uh, you know, conference after conference canceling the season. So, yeah, that's, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how it plays out because what you have the big 12 ACC and SEC that are like still saying they're going to play. Yeah. Those are the only three conferences that have like said, like, or are still actively trying the other big one, the the Big Ten and the Pac-12, we just said, you know, yeah, we're done. Which, which I don't really understand how it would work. Because I mean, are are you just going to play the ten games regardless? Like, did they already throw the bowl season out the window and the national championship run out the window, like the playoff and everything? Well, I mean, I mean, it just depends on who plays. I mean, if if these three leagues want to play, and they come up with a plan. Um, National championship, I don't know. Like, that's, you know, maybe they can uh, – I could see the Pac-12 and, you know, them kind of saying, no, fuck that. You guys can't You guys can't do the national championship because we don't have a shot at it. But then I've also been hearing that, you know, the NCAA doesn't have, like, total governing body over these, over these conferences. And, like, this could be a chance for them to, like, break away and form their own, quote, unquote, you know, uh, a league and, like, start recruiting, like, other teams to, like, join this super conference. Interesting. Well, I know that the teams that have canceled, so the Big Ten and the Pac-12, said that they have plans to start up in the spring. But I'm like, that just seems really out of the out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to plan? That's going to throw off the whole entire NFL. That's what I'm saying. Like, not only that, but you have kids that if they are going to the draft, they're going to be playing. 10 weeks of football in the spring and then turn right around and go into training camp. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't think playing in the spring is a possibility. And like, if you're the big 10 or the PAC 12 and these players who are going to enter the draft um, come this spring. And if the SEC and ACC and big 12 do end up playing, I think you almost have to let your players who are going to enter the draft next year, seniors and juniors, transfer and play immediately so they could you know get their name out there I think that that's the only right thing to do yeah I just really don't see it happening I think it's kind of unfair for like the Pac-12 and Big Ten players who like oh hey you don't get to play this season just because you chose a college in this conference I just see it being a lot like falling apart kind of like how in back in March Madness with the conference tournaments did like some said they were going to play some said they weren't going to play and then when it came time to play 
think we only got like half of one game in, and then everyone else canceled. So I can just – I really don't see it happening regardless of the fact, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say. Yeah, I mean, if anything, they can't – if they just want to like not have a na- – like this is the one thing I can think. If they just want to not have a national championship this year, which is fine by me, they can just have individual conference championships, which to me, like – It'd be cool, like Mizzou's not going to win it because they're not going to be, you know, a contender this year. But if my school won a conference championship and there was no national championship and that's the best that we could do, I think it'd be cool. So if these three if these three leagues figure it out and just play each other, that's going to minimize travel, not so much for the SEC, but like Big 12 and ACC. And then if the other conferences want to play in the spring, let them do it. Just have your conference champions in, in 2020, 2021, and then next year you start all over again. And it's back to normal. So that's that's the one way I could see it working out. Yeah, it just, dude, it's so shitty. Like, I'm I'm so glad, even though I wasn't a student athlete in college, that I don't have to live through this. Because, like, this is just, like, a damper on your either college career, whether or not you're a student athlete. Because, like, you got to think about the seniors that just <clears throat> don't get your experience this year. The the football players who might not even get to play their senior year just gonna have to go straight in the NFL. Yeah, like a Trevor Lawrence who, I mean, this year to potentially win the Heisman, win the national championship, and not even gonna get a shot to do it. Yeah, it sucks. It it really does. I mean, and then also you think about like uh, Trevor Lawrence was also making a lot of good points on Twitter, saying a lot of these players are gonna go home to places that are worse off and you know, where the healthcare is not as great and they're going to get in trouble. You know, I mean, they're just going to go out and do hood rat shit with their friends. Yeah, I mean, seriously, it's crazy. So college football isn't going to happen. We don't know, but there's there's some ways it can happen. So real quickly, we're going to touch on the NHL, playoff, NHL playoffs. They actually started tonight. We've had uh, two games, uh, well, yesterday actually, on Tuesday. This is Wednesday. We're recording on Wednesday, August 12th. Um, so there's a full slate yesterday, that crazy lightning and, um, who was it? Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets, five overtime game. And Travis and I were talking, they got to do something about, about the uh, NHL overtime in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's super silly to play an entire season where the overtime three on three and then the playoffs move it to five on five. Yeah, I've, they're literally the only league that changes their overtime rules for the playoffs. Yeah, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But either way, the NHL bound to be pretty, pretty good. So, what uh, I guess upsets do you see happening in the playoffs based on the bracket so far? Because for those of you who don't know, we're down to the original format of sixteen teams, but not the original format. Of, it would have been. Um, Right. Oh, so, but initially, now we're at least in bracket style. Before this game, before the game started yesterday, I, I initially thought that Chicago might have had a chance to uh, no. upset Vegas <laughs> just because the style that Vegas have been playing, a lot of goals, fast pace, and that's how Chicago ended up beating Edmonton. Um, but after yesterday, obviously, there's no chance in hell that they beat them. So let me pull up the bracket real quick. Yeah, I'll say my first one. Yeah, go for um, it. They're both – I actually have four possible upsets that could happen. My first one is the Calgary Flames. Man, that's Time hard. To we're not we're not going to count the four or five matchups, are we? Uh you can. I have I have two four or fives that I was just going to touch on, but because it's technically an upset, especially 
given the five matchups that got in, the number five well, and, and both the fours were the best teams, the Blues and Bruins yeah. were the best teams in hockey before this all, all this whole thing started. Yeah, so I have I have Calgary uh, beating the Stars, who are the three seed. Yep. Uh, Calgary's a super feisty team. I saw them play a couple games in their uh, in their play-in series, and people hate Matthew Kachuk because this dude is a pest. I love him just because his dad played for the Blues, but is a, he is a guy who you hate if he's not on your team, um, and it also helps the Stars are playing like dog shit. So yeah, I like that one a lot. Looking at it, another one that. Um, I was like leery. I did bet on the Capitals money line today. That obviously got yeah, kicked out. That's one I could see because the Capitals yeah. really didn't play that well in the play, in the in the round robin. They got beat four to two today. Um, the only two goals were by TJ Oshie, a former Blue. Um, their offense seems kind of seems kind of stagnant, and the Islanders have been playing some some good hockey as of late. So that's one I could see happening as well. That is that is my other six three I have happening, obviously, um, because. I'm just I watching the Islanders playing games or, or their playing series. They just scored like no other, and they showed it today. Like in the third period, they rattled off three goals, and Jared said, "What was it? Like eight yes. minutes or something?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, against the Capitals, who like after the first half of the game just looked super flat. So Islanders up one nothing looks good to uh, to happen. Yeah, um, and then I actually like Carolina over Boston. Um, I did too. Even they, though they even though they lost game one, I mean it went to overtime, double overtime, um, and Boston, much like St. Louis, both teams were in the Stanley Cup last year. Both teams were the best teams in hockey coming into the bubble. Have just looked super duper flat. They look super flat in the round robin. Reason why they got the four seed. And Carolina is not a team to to be fucked with. So, yeah, Carolina's been playing good, even though they were not that great of a team. But before the restart, they've kind of kicked it up a notch. The Bruins looked flat and they look just as flat as the Blues do, who I think the Canucks could beat the Blues just based on how these two teams have played. Like you're looking at the Bruins and the Blues, the two best teams in the NHL lost, both lost all three of their seeding games. Yeah. yeah they I mean, looked, they've looked like they don't want to be there. They're, they have zero offense. They're slow, no shots on goal. Like, these teams better start playing. They better realize, hey, it's the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, and if I want to throw another one out there, I could see Columbus upsetting Tampa Bay. Um, I don't think so because just the amount of the amount of offensive pressure that Tampa Bay put on yesterday, I think that that was the biggest fluke in the world. The dude saves like eighty four or something goals. I mean, well, almost eighty seven shots on goal by the by the Lightning, which is they outshot him by twenty shots. Yeah. I don't think that. They stand much of a chance after going down one nothing. They're going to be defeated as all hell after losing that game. Yeah. With that being said, so those are some upsets when he's happening. We're not going to run through the entire bracket like we did last year. Um, but just looking at it, who do you see in the Stanley Cup and who do you have winning the Stanley Cup right off, right off the bat? Okay, yeah. My two teams I have in it are the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Philadelphia Flyers. I think the Knights, even though – like. Yeah, they're good. It's it's kind of a shocker, but they've been putting up points. They've been putting up pressure. Last night, you mentioned that they might have a chance to lose against the Blackhawks, and they really took over in the middle of the game. The Flyers, on the other hand, goal per game in their three seeding games, and they've just been scoring like crazy. They look good already in their first game tonight, and I have the Flyers taking it all. 
All right. Um, I like your Flyers pick. I do think they are um, the best team in in the East by leaps and bounds. Um, however, from the Western Conference, I don't like the Knights pick just because their goaltending is wishy-washy to me. Um, I actually like the Avalanche coming out of the West. I think they have the goaltending and the defense to kind of, you know, uh, kind of carry themselves throughout. We saw how Bennington was a wall last year, and he ended up kind of taking the Blues all the way to Stanley Cup. Um, with that being said, I don't see them beating the Flyers. I know it's super cliche to pick the quote-unquote one seed, even though they weren't the one seed before this bubble started. Um, so I have the Flyers winning it over the Avalanche in the Stanley Cup Finals. Okay, I like that. We both got the Flyers. So, hey, you can get a uh, future on the Flyers. Throw that one out there. I mean, they were the they were the technical, what, four seed mm-hmm. in the East before – the restart. So like Garrett said, they shouldn't technically be the one seed. They're just playing really good hockey right now. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So that's NHL NBA. Um, their final regular season game, quote unquote, is this Friday, the 14th. And then the playoffs will start. So right now, most of the playoff picture is pretty set in stone, um, except for the Western conference. You have those, those teams at the bottom um, that are fighting for that, that eight seed right now. Portland has it. They are a half game up on Memphis and they're a half game up on Memphis, Phoenix, and San Antonio. So Memphis, Phoenix, San Antonio are all within a half game of Portland. And remember the NBA is doing it to where if the nine seed is within four games of the eight seed at the end of the, you know, quote unquote regular season bubble, there's going to be a play in game um, where the nine seed would have to beat the eight seed twice in a row to get in the playoffs. Um, which it's looking like the West that's gonna that's gonna happen for sure. That's gonna be. Like, I mean, it's it has to. Yeah. It's gonna be really weird to see if all three of the nine seed teams are tied. How they? Uh... I don't think it will be. I think it's gonna end up being Phoenix and Portland. Honestly, Phoenix has been playing super well in the bubble. I think they're seven and zero in the bubble, which is crazy. So Portland has been playing extremely well, uh, which leads us to like the team and player that's impressed us the most. They don't have to be on the same. But for me, like, Jarrett's is probably going to be the Suns. But for me, it's going to be both the Trailblazers and Damian Lillard. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think there's any other player other than Dame that could really take this. Like, he dropped 51 points last night against the Mavericks. Um, the game before that, he did break two free throws versus the Clippers to lose. But since the restart in the bubble, he's averaged 37 points a game. And they've only lost to the Celtics and the Clippers by four and five points. Um, Jared's not going to like this, but I think that they could give the Lakers some hell in that first round. Um, just, just because of their big men, they have Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic who could be a problem to the Lakers and their big men. I, I mean, I could definitely see that. I don't think they'll win, but they might give them trouble. It might be a seven game first round series, but um, at the end of the day, LeBron has that experience. And I think it'll kind of outshine them. I actually like the Suns. I think they've been the most impressive team. Um, another team that was kind of like my runner-up was been was Brooklyn. They've been really surprising. They have won um, six of their eight um, or five five of their seven bubble games so far. Brooklyn has with a pretty much depleted roster. No Kyrie, no KD, no DeAndre Jordan, no Spencer Dinwiddie. They're doing it with a bunch of fucking scrubs and. Um, that's why, I mean, they're like my second favorite, but to me, Phoenix went in, going seven and oh, 
pretty much coming from the depths of the of the Western Conference. And Devin Booker has been playing like an absolute madman, um, just like Dame. I think it's going to be awesome watching them play and to see to see who who, who goes to, goes to the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I just don't think like. Yeah, you call them fluke either way. Like, yeah, the Blazers and the Suns. I just don't think the Suns are to that level yet to make it there. Like, Damian Lillard just has this – there's something in the back of his head right now where he's like, I'm going to the playoffs and I'm going to challenge the Lakers to the best that I freaking can. Yeah. So, But either way, that's uh, the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs at the same time just like usual within the midst of everything else going on is going to be awesome to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which um, that's kind of our long winded intro. Like I said, we are not talking about an NFL division this week. Those will be back next week. But we are going to talk about a pretty big UFC card. In my opinion, probably the biggest of the year so far, just, just the title bout it's UFC 252 Miocic versus Cormier three. Um, we're going to take a break and talk about that in the, in the Degenerates Digest segment when we get back. Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. My friends are degenerate, but I never change them liars. Well, yeah, definitely. Well, not the first time in 2020 because we did it when the XFL was around, which timeout, shout out, rock. Hopefully we're able to revive the coalition. But Uh, either either way, it's been a hot second. So we got some real picks coming to you. Uh, UFC 252, Jared believes that it's the biggest UFC card of the year. I think it's close. I don't think it's the – I don't think it's the biggest card. I think it's the it's got the 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 main the the featured bout is got the most implications that of all year in in my opinion. All right. Um, so we're gonna cover the main card. So there's five fights on the main card. A uh, couple of them that are kind of lower lower tier, but regardless, it'll be a damn good card. So let's start it off with the uh, the first fight on the main card. It's the Bantamweight bout between 12th-ranked John the Magician Dodson versus the 15th-ranked Mirab the Machine Dvalshvili. Yeah. I know I butchered the fuck out of that name, but Dodson is plus 175. I'm just going to call him Mirab. I know, I know that's, that's bad. That's what I did, too. It's, uh, I did. It's, he's minus 225. Yeah. Um. I think we're in for us for like, and it sucks whenever the main, like, cause you always have these awesome fights on the free fights on the prelims on ESPN plus, and then you kind of lead into the main card. And I feel like it's always like the first or second fight of the main card is a snoozer. And when it's so late kind of puts a damper on the rest of the night. But I think this is going to be our quote unquote snoozer. Um, 
I just – Dotson, six of his last seven have gone to decision. Marab's last four have all gone to decision with him winning. So just because of that, um, I think that I'm going to put three units on the machine, Marab, to win at minus 225. I'm doing exactly three units on the machine as well. I don't love the value. I was like, oh, I'm going to do over because I think 65% of their fights combined hit the over. But the over – is minus 325. Yeah, I looked at that too. So, you said. so do you have some like over-unders on, on your picks on this one? Uh, I do not. I just mean, I, I have some that I could lean towards, but I just basically, basically pick the fighters. Okay. Um, but either way, uh, eight of the Mirab's guys, uh, 11 wins are from decision. He averages 8.6 takedowns per match with a 50% takedown accuracy, but he only gets 0.33 submissions on average per man like so the dude doesn't submit he just sits on top grinds him out it's gonna be a boring fight and i think he's gonna get to win 30 27 by having like eight minutes of control time yep i see that too so that's the most like i said it's gonna start off start off a snoozer but then i think we're in some for more exciting ones as we go along um then the, the second um fight on the main card is a men's featherweight bout um which is herbert burns versus daniel pineda um and you know i don't, don't get it confused with gilbert burns no it's not <laughs> gilbert burns not the uh not the welterweight title contender this is a featherweight so they also weigh 145 so they're about 30 pounds less too um i don't have are, they're not ranked i don't have the 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 odds in front of me because i actually thought this was an undercard fight um until till because ufc's website's all fucked up until travis told me otherwise but i was gonna pick yeah it. herbert burns is minus 300 Daniel Pineda is plus 230, so another big, heavy favorite. And I'm leaning another three units on the favorite here. Yeah, dude, it's just – like so I, I, I do think – I mean, Burns is on a roll. He's won his last five fights, and the last four have all been in the first round. Um, I think three by submission and one by KO. He needs somebody in the face. Um, and this is Pineda's debut in the UFC – Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. U.S. Cellular has always believed that connection is the greatest gift of all. That's why we're giving everyone one line for $34.99 a month with unlimited data this holiday season. That's right, one line, unlimited data for just $34.99 a month. That's more than a great deal. That's locally grown connection from U.S. Cellular. Limited time offer, terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. At U.S. Cellular, we care about our customers and our communities. Visit Cellular Advantage, a U.S. Cellular authorized agent located at 2012 Cornhusker Road in Bellevue. America's locally grown wireless at U.S. Cellular. Coming from the 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 PFL, yeah, he's had like forty six fights. Yeah, his last two fights in the PFL were two no contests. I think the two before that were two losses. So the dude's not coming in with a super awesome reputation. But the PFL just banded the I think it's called the Pro Fighting League or some shit like that. Um, and I guess they the UFC picked them up, which I don't know. Sounds why. like some backyard fighting shit going on. Yeah, it does sounds like sounds like <laughs> some sketchy shit. Um, but Burns is a submission specialist, so for me. Instead of doing the minus 300, I am actually going to do two units on him ending this in the first round at plus 140. I think this fight's going to be quick. I think he's going to make mincemeat of this dude. 
and it's going to be very, very fast because four of his last five fights have all ended in the first. Yeah, so he is a premier takedown guy and wrestler. He has 100% takedown accuracy, 6.89 submission average, and he's just an animal on the ground. But Pineda also has 18 submission wins. So that's what scares me when it comes to, like, betting on the under or a way to win because the over under in this fight's one and a half and the favorite is the under. <laughs> yeah. It's also only three round fight though. So I know, but that's pretty Usually much two and a half. Yeah, I know. But I just could not do anything at the minus 300. I, like you said, like you're doing three units to win one. I'm just like, why not throw a smaller amount and do them to finish in the first at plus plus one forty? So that, that was kind of my thought process there. That's true. I just think that, I didn't even look at his finishing in the first and the over under scared me. So I'm just like, boom, three units to win one on hoping the fact that he just dominates on the ground. We could both win. So there's that. The third fight, it's going to start picking up big time here. These next three fights are going to be absolutely insane. I hope, I feel like every time we hype up a fight, it's hard. It goes to shit, but we have a heavyweight bout, uh, Number fifth ranked, number fifth ranked, Jesus, Junior Sigano Dos Santos versus number six, Jairzinho Biggie Boy Rosenstrike. Um, Rosenstrike is the minus 145 favorite, and Dos Santos is the plus 115 underdog. So, pretty close one here. Yeah, um, but it's close in terms of the betters. But to me, this is like if I had to, if we were, if this is football season and I'm picking a lock of the week, it's this, this is my. This is my lock of the week. Um, Biggie Boy has only lost one fight, and that is to the number two contender in the division, Francis Ngannou, who is going to fight for the belt. He's going to fight the winner of DC and Stipe. We'll talk more about that later. Um, And I just think that that's his only loss. It's pretty fucking good. He's only gone to decision once. Dos Santos is coming off back-to-back losses. Both of them were KOs early, I believe. One was in the second, one was in the first. I'm doing three units on Rosenstreich, um, but if you want some extra work, this is an interesting one, Travis. I did, I did some deep dive in here. Might want to put bet, a bet on both of these for him to finish in round one at plus 225 and round two at plus 500, respectively. So if you like throw low units on both of those and he does it and wins, then you're, you're, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. I mean, a, a round two finish would be ideal here, but – Rosenstreet is known for his first round finishes, so I can see why that is the, the the better favorite there. I am also doing three units on him minus 145. I mean, I just love him. He's, yeah, he's coming off his first loss to Nganu, and it was like 20 seconds in the fight, but he just caught one punch that slept him. Um, and neither of these guys are wrestlers, so it's going to be great. Lots of stand-up fightings, lots of KOs in their career. Uh, don't get me wrong, like, Dos Santos is good. He's beaten some of the, the better heavyweight fighters in this division. I just think that Rosenstreich is at a better spot in his career for this fight. And Dos Santos' last five losses, he's been knocked out in every single one of them. Yeah. One of them was to Ngannou in the first round, too. So, yeah. yeah. So, there you go. Yep. So, that's uh, our pick for the, the third fight of the night, a, a big boy fight. Um, and then we're going to roll into uh, the co-main event, which is this is this dude's like first like big fight, I think, um, or big featured fight. 
Got a men's bantamweight bout. Bantamweight's 145 for y'all that don't know. It, uh, no, 135. 135 for his bantamweight. Yeah. Um, number 14, he's freshly ranked, Sean Sugar O'Malley. And then he's, play, he's fighting Marlon Chito Vera. Um, O'Malley is the big-time favorite at minus 310. And Vera is the big-time dog at plus 240. I know how Travis is leaning, so I'll let him take this off. Yeah, I mean, I don't love the odds, obviously, and I don't really love the over-under as well because Sean O'Malley, like, yeah, while he does have eight of his 12 wins come from knockout, one submission, Marlon Vera has done a pretty good job of – Not getting knocked out. Yeah, of holding his own. He's never been knocked out. All six of Marlon Vera's losses have been by decision. So, I mean, it's tough. I honestly might just stay away from this. I think the only way I put money on this is if I put Sean O'Malley in a parlay because minus 310 is just not even in my realm of wanting to bet on it. But just for the sake of you guys, I'm going another three units, three units on every fight so far on Sean O'Malley at minus 310. Jared's not buying the hype. I am just because of the fact like the amount of swagger this dude carries yeah he has some big dick energy if he wins this fight if he does what i think he's not going to do i don't think he's going to knock cheeto bear out i don't i don't think it's going to happen but if he does i like the kid me not buying into the hype and and not liking him is don't don't confuse the two i like the guy i love his swagger i don't like him calling out our boy cody garbrandt um i don't like him calling out connor uh, because he's basically Connor reincarnated. Like, if you had to like recreate a hippie hippie version of Connor McGregor, it's fucking Sean O'Malley. Am I, I just feel like, yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. And then I was just looking at it even more. Like, I don't think there's any aspect of this fight that Marlon Vera has an upper hand over. Sean O'Malley has an inch and a half reach. He he's a better striker. He strikes more. He has a better striking percentage. He has a better takedown average percentage and submission average like every single aspect of Sean O'Malley's game is better yeah no it is I just don't think I think Cheeto Vera is so tough you saw his last fight against Song Yudong which he got robbed robbed. he got robbed in Uh, but again Song Yudong is a tough ass opponent too and I think he's kind of up there with with O'Malley so I'm 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 railing to this point I don't think O'Malley's going to finish him I think O'Malley will win probably by decision so that is why I'm going to do two units, two units on the over at two and a half at minus 135. Like for the over two and a half to be that that heavily favored, um, usually it's like minus 110, minus 135. They probably think it's going to go to decision. Um, so that's where I'm leaning here. I don't, I don't, I can't do the the money on on O'Malley, even though I think he will win. Yeah, that just scares me with with uh, under 50 percent of their total fights coming in at a submission but I see where you're coming from. It's, it's a sticky sticky fight to bet on, that's for it sure. Is. It is. But with that being said, if O'Malley wins, like he just cracked the, the rankings in the Bantamweight division. If he wins, he'll be 13-0 and will still have not fought a ranked opponent. So if you're Dana White, this guy goes 13-0, whether he knocks him out, wins by decision, whatever it may be, he's got to get a ranked, a ranked fight. So if you're Dana White and Sean O'Malley wins this, he's a rising star. Who do you pit him against in the in, in the Bantamweight division? Um, I mean, I think you could give him like a Cody uh, Stallman or Jimmy Rivera type fighter. No one top five 
No, he does. He does. Rafael Sunshow. I was looking at a Sunshow, but he's coming off a devastating loss to Garbrandt. So, yeah. Other than that, I mean, you got to give him someone top ten because he'll be close to top ten. I'm thinking Jimmy. I think Jimmy Rivera would be a good one. Yeah, even seven. Yeah, I think that. I think I think anyone seven through nine would be Rivera, a Sunshow, or or Stammen. Um, either either any of those guys. Um, he's got to get somebody in the top ten so he can start climbing up. Um, and then if he beats those, then you we can start start talking about top five. But if you really, I think I think Corey Sanhagen is an overrated guy to be at four. I think if if uh, Dana really wanted to test out his his fighting abilities, he can put him up against that. Mm-hmm. So there we have it. Most definitely. Let's lead into the main fight of the night, which is a title fight should be a great one because I don't think either of their previous fights have disappointed the trilogy, the heavyweight championship bout between the champion Stipe Miocic and the number one contender, Daniel Cormier. And Miocic is minus 110, so he is the technical underdog against the minus 120 Cormier. Yeah, but that's how close these these two are. Like, that just goes to show you because, I mean – if you look at Miocic, he's lost three fights. Um, I mean, he's been in the UFC for a long ass time. You look at Miocic, he's been in the UFC dating back to 2011. His three losses have been to Stefan Struve, who was in 2012 back in the day, was 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 a beast. Junior Dos Santos, which decision we've all we all talked about Dos Santos, and then Cormier. And Cormier's only losses have been to Stipe and John Jones. So these are two very well respected fighters. Um, this is one of my dream matchups when we back in episode 76, when Travis and I gave like, you know, who we want to see fight in UFC. Um, uh, it, the first fight DC pretty much dominated um, through and through. He ended up knocking out Cormier. He ended up knocking out Miocic in the first. Um, and then uh, Miocic came back and won in the fourth only because Travis, do you remember why Miocic won that, that second one? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He kept on kicking his fat ass in the stomach. Yeah, he he went to the body. <laughs> he started going to the body. Um, and I watched an interview with Cormier. He said, Stipe made a great adjustment in that fight. Late, he goes, but if you look at the stats, I was winning the first three rounds. And he absolutely was. I remember that night I had a parlay, and Miocic had to hit, and it did, and I went bananas because he started going to the body. He said he made an adjustment that only happened once. I'm going to dominate him. So I think if I was gambling smartly with this thing right here with, with my head – I would lean DC, but I want Stipe to win because I'm sick of the division. I think he's a better striker. Um, so I'm going to do Stipe at three units. Yeah, that's how I am. Like, <laughs> and it's gonna, I'm going to hate it because when if, if DC wins, I'm going to be like, man, I should have just bet with my head. But yeah. instead I'm betting with my heart because I like Stipe more. And minus 110, like it's good value to where if he loses, it's like, yeah. You're not losing a bunch, uh, rather than like a, a minus 200 fight or something like that. So I am going to also do Stipe 
And I'm only gonna I'm only gonna do two though. Two units since I've done three on all the other fights. Yeah. So since we both picked Stipe, like we and we think DC's got the upper hand advantage, like how do you envision Stipe winning this fight? Like what does he have to do? Obviously, both fights he was dominated until he made an adjustment in, in the second in the second bout, started going to the body. What does he have to do to beat DC? He's got to keep it on the feet because dude, the dude is not a wrestler. He has zero submission wins, zero submission losses at the same time. Um, but, I mean, he has a seven-and-a-half-inch reach advantage. He has absolutely got to use that to his advantage here um, and just keep his distance. I think work the body because that's where that's where you got him with last time. I mean, DC's – I mean, he's a fat dude. Let's not – Let's not church it up. DC's fat. So if you kick that fat, it's obviously going to hurt a lot more than if you're kicking muscle. Um, so I just think you work the body and you keep your distance from him because when you let Daniel Cormier get in the clinch, it's, bad things are going to happen. Yeah. When Cormier's in the clinch, he throws those dirty bows. He starts trying to shoot. I mean, we, everyone forgets that DC is a is an Olympic wrestler. Yeah, I, I say he's fat. He is a quick dude. Yeah, he's very, very athletic and talented. Um, he's a two-division champ for a reason, or former two-division champ for a reason. Um, that's what I think. I think DC's got to keep his distance. He can't get close. I think – and I honestly think DC will try to bait him a bit with that and, like, try to get him to come in closer because he knows he has that reach. Um, I don't see this fight going to decision. I think this fight will end in a KO or a, a TKO, a ref a stoppage or whatever – I don't see this going to decision at all. Do you? So the under might be good value as well, depending on where it's at. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I, I think that a big possibility, I think the way that Daniel Cormier wins this fight is he gets it on the ground and he just gets some ground and pound in on Stipe because that's going to be the only way I think he wins that, or he just completely wears Stipe out, grinds him out on the ground for three rounds and he wins by decision i think those are the only two ways it's a five-round fight but yeah i know i'm saying like he oh. like the last three rounds he's grinding him out on the ground yeah yeah i can see that too so uh, i think it should be a good fight i don't think it'll go to decision so um we let's let's go with two scenarios since we this has been a pretty quick episode um let's say dc loses or well travis you think I'm, what do you think DC does after this fight? I think you, cause you think he's going to do the same thing regardless of, of what he does. Yeah. I think he retires either way. Like the dude is, I think he's on like 90% of UFC cards calling them with, with COVID. I don't know if he traveled to Abu, Abu Dhabi, no. but he's always ringside. He's always calling him. I think that is where honestly, like, yeah, he's a two time champ or former two-time champ, but, like, that is where his calling is. Like, the dude knows how to call fights. He's very good. Very, very good UFC and fight smart dude. So, I think he's – I mean, he's got his fame. He's won his belts. He's 41 years old. Yeah. I think he retires regardless. I mean, you lose, that makes two in a row. You don't have the belt. You go out, or you win, and you go out on top. So – all right, let's let's go with that. Obviously, if he loses, he doesn't have the belt. We'll talk about Stipe winning and in, in that in a second. Um, if he wins and retires, if you're Dana, what do you do then? Because then you have a vacant heavyweight championship. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, you got to give Francis Ngannou the uh, the ability to fight 
So are you just like questioning who else he put up in there? Yeah. Do you, do you give it right? Do you run it, run it right back with Stipe and get him the chance to win his belt back after he just lost it? Because um, he has only lost it to one guy. And if that guy's retired, you technically got to let him fight it for it again, I guess, right? Or you could, I mean, since he just technically would, would be the reigning champion and lost, you could do a Nganu Curtis Blades fight, which would be the then one and two contenders. So you, you're saying do Curtis Blades and Nganu for interim, and then Stipe gets the winner of that? Just because it would be able to have a faster turnaround. Like that fight could happen this year. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I do think it would. I think DC, DC is going to retire either way. And it sucks if he's going to win. Be like, yo, I'm done. I have this, I just got this belt. I'm done. Ha ha. And then like Dana's like, well, fuck. Like he built up this fight. Now the heavyweight's got a vacant title. Like, what do I do? But regardless of how it goes down in Ganu's the next in line, I follow him on Instagram. He uses the hashtag um, uncrowned champ is what he is, what he calls himself. Um, Cause he thinks he should be, he thinks he should have got the, the shot at Stipe over, over DC. I disagree. Um, Cause DC deserves it for how much he's done, done for the UFC. Um, so that's what we think is going to happen. So if, but if Stipe wins, we just think it's going to be Stipe and Gunn at some point. Right. Yeah. I mean, if Stipe wins, obviously it goes to Ngannou. We're just saying for clarity. I even think that if uh, Stipe loses, it could still be him with Ngannou. I just think if you want to get a fight in this year, it's going to have to be Ngannou and Curtis Blades. Yeah, which those of you who don't know, Nganu has already lost to Stipe um, back in 2018. It was the decision fight, um, but these two are such good technical – well, Stipe is the more technical strider, striker. I think Nganu kind of just throws haymakers, um, but it would be a fun fight regardless. So, um, yeah, UFC 252 on Saturday should be a good one. I mean, honestly, the UFC is, like, fucking killing it with the pay-per-view cards the rest of the year because then at 253 we got um, – Paulo Costa and Israel Adesanya for the middleweight belt. Then at 254, we got Khabib and Justin Gaethje in October. And then at 255, we got Garbrandt and I can't remember the the guy's name that that just won the flyweight belt, but Garbrandt's going to drop down to 125, which is scary, but it should be, it should, it should be a fun one. Yeah, it should be fun. It's Garbrandt and uh, Davison Figueredo. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. So, Which honestly, is a bad dude. Yeah, I think that's. I, I do not like that for Garbrandt because I think that the uh, the bantamweight division, like, yeah, Peter Yan is the champion, which I think Aljamain Sterling will kind of overtake that. So, I mean, I guess I can see his route, like his route in the flyweight, like he's going to drop down and immediately have a title fight, whereas in the bantamweight, it might be another year before he gets a shot. Yeah. So, yeah, I get it. But, man, I honestly do not think he beats him. No. No, it's going to be a tough one. But UFC's killing it. Um, sports are all the way fucking back. Um, Unfortunately for my bank account, they are. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, Travis introduced – if you guys didn't see it on Twitter, Travis introduced something, which it's count, he's counting it towards our bankroll, which I don't think it should, but we're doing um, the Tuesday teasers and the Thursday parlays. So, every week – we're both going to drop a Tuesday teaser and a Thursday parlay for your viewing pleasure. Pleasure. Um, obviously, those are longer shots, but they're still fun. Still fun to kind of bet on. So be on the yeah, well, the teasers can obviously only last until basketball season's up, and I mean, hopefully, 
should be for another, I don't know, what, couple months, the Tuesday, yeah. te- Tuesday teasers. Then maybe we can move it into a weekend teaser with football. Um, but the Thursday parlays are going to be around for as long as you can uh, imagine. Yeah, because parlays, you can do baseball and stuff, but you can't tease baseball bets, obviously. So um, that's going to be a wrap for our Ocho Cinco episode. Um, hope you all enjoyed it. Watch UFC this weekend. Stay safe. Take it easy. Peace. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.